Hey everybody, welcome back to Challenge the Call with Max and Avery. I'm your host, Max. And I am Avery. How are you guys? Alright, so today we got quite a few things to talk about. We are not going to talk about the Bears draft quite yet. We will be doing a special episode that will be released later this week. Um, partially in lieu of an episode. We're not going to do an episode this weekend. That Bears draft recap episode will be kind of our fill in for the time being but getting started today we'll go ahead and get right into cubs corner avery what do you got yeah man um all right guys i'm not gonna lie to you haven't watched the cubs game this week uh but the cubs are 14 and 13 we have lost uh three games in a row to the miami marlins and uh all by one run each which is embarrassing so we're okay. We're the pit. Uh, we're average. That's what we are. But we're the Chicago Cubs. I think that's uh, good for third in the NIL Central. Yeah, out of five. So literally average. We are smack dab in the middle, right there. Right in the middle. Like, and you know, there's a chance we make it to the play. Hey, long season. So we still got a long ways to go. I'm pretty sure this is like equivalent. I saw this graph. I don't know if I sent it to you. I wanted to send it to you, but there's like a baseball graph compared to like an NFL season, and it's like okay, like. Uh, where are you in the baseball season? And so uh, right now at 14 and 13 playing that many games, we're about two games into the NFL season, fellas. We're there. So let's see if we can continue. You either did send that to me or I saw something like it somewhere. Else. I think was it like it had NBA, football, and yep. MLB. It had like all of them just like here's how long this is season-wise percentage. <laughs> Yeah, so we are about two games in in the NFL, and I think for the NBA, we were like 15 games in, so. Yeah. <laughs> or like, no, probably like 45, but like, we're good. We're, we're close, so. Right. It it was short enough that just, that once again, it's why I can't get into baseball. It's why I didn't really get into the NBA regular season at all. I, like, I stood true to, I didn't really watch any NBA until the playoffs started happening. There's just too many games i can't do it i don't like it and like you said last time especially nba wise it starts to get to the point where the regular season is to a degree meaningless like you were talking about the seeding with nba teams like it's because they can just kind of get by in the regular season and then (laughs) hop off in the playoffs and i absolutely hate that structure Jimmy Butler. Um, But, yeah, no, I agree. Um, I got an idea for you. Just forget baseball is even a thing until July. And then start watching every single game and be like, all right, let's go Cubs. Because then it's like, okay, July, August, and then the playoffs start in September. You'll be good to go. That The only reason I don't think that will quite happen is, is because one, it'll be football season again. So yeah. I'm going to be watching football and two, it'll be football season again. So I'll be working 60, 70 hour weeks. <laughs> yeah. It's the unfortunate part. But, um, we'll move on from our MLB talk. We, we will keep you guys briefly updated on how the Cubs are doing their record and well, whatnot. For sure, and I will definitely probably get more into it now that the draft's over, NBA playoffs are getting close to being done, 
a summer, I usually get a lot more into baseball. So I will be able to give you more content with that. I just the draft it takes full precedent. Of course. The football does come first to this podcast. Yes. So definitely had to focus on that. But new segment coming to you. Um, since we haven't talked any hockey, I realized, and I noticed that uh, it is the hockey playoff Stanley Cup going on right now. Um, we got a new segment. What the puck? Uh, my team is the Avalanche. Just I got affiliated with some of the Colorado teams while I was over there for the ones that I didn't previously have. Like hockey, I'd never watched hockey before. Girlfriend's family watches some hockey. They were Avs fans. I watched them win the Stanley Cup last year, so I got a little bit hooked on them. Called a bandwagon, whatever. Uh, do you have a hockey team at all, or do you pay any attention to hockey? Back when I was a little kid, I went to a St. Louis Blues game. So I, I do like the St. Louis Blues. I uh, try to support them, but I'm not kind of like you in baseball. I can't get into hockey. I don't know what it is. I just can't. Like, it's great to watch in person. Like you mentioned before, any sport's great to watch in person. But I hate watching hockey on TV. So, I mean, I might not be a hockey guy on this podcast, but hey, I'll have baseball, you'll have hockey. Be good to go. Definitely. And yeah, anything in person. I even just got done working a baseball game. And outside of the 20-mile-an-hour win and freezing my ass off, like, it was an all right time to sit there and watch. You know, it was a close game. We won it by one in the top of the ninth. So, woohoo! But uh, anyway, speaking of the Avalanche, Stanley Cup playoffs are in the first round right now. Uh, the Avalanche actually played the game seven tonight. They are tied with the – is it Seattle Krakens? I think it's Seattle. Um, they're tied with the Krakens 3-3 in their series. So we will find out in about three hours. Well, the game will start in about three hours. So we will find out one hockey game later who's <laughs> going to move on to round two and who's going to be done. So um, I might potentially be done watching hockey after <laughs> 8.30 tonight. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, that was short-lived. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, it's sad. We we really, as a podcast, next year, we need to really get engrossed with every single sport. Or try to. I just, I completely dropped the ball on hockey this year because I am not going to lie. I don't actually have an understanding of when hockey season is. So when I saw, or it might have been my girlfriend. It might have been me asking my girlfriend, like, what are you doing? And saying like, Oh, watching the abs game that like made me realize, Oh shit. (laughs) The abs are playing. (laughs) What are they playing? Oh shit. The Stanley cup playoffs. Wow. It's hockey season. (laughs) So, uh, the hockey season. (laughs) I completely, completely wasn't even aware it was going on. Not going to lie. Um, I should have known when I'm scrolling through channels, I do see the, uh, um, like college hockey games on when I'm scrolling. So I should have known better. I should have realized, but for yeah. sure. Well, and Hey, you know, I will be honest. Like they do a similar March madness to what like college uh, basketball does. And like, I love that what their final four is called. It's called the frozen four. Mm. And I love that. That's like such a cool, like play on words right there. But no, like I do try to like, you know, I am going to try to get into hockey. I just, it's so boring. So boring. 
See, that's how I feel about yeah, baseball. At least how you get engrossed in hockey. You guys probably think football is boring. I don't know. I, but, I mean, yeah. It's like that argument I make with baseball sometimes. My biggest argument with baseball is there's like one second of excitement every fucking, what, minute? <laughs> so, other than that, you just see guys racing up and down the court. Um, see, that, that's the difference, though, is like there is things constantly happening in hockey. Like people are going up and down with the puck the whole game. You're actually watching something happening. In baseball, it's like, okay, pitch, hit, and or miss, and or nothing, and you're just kind of sitting there waiting for the next fucking pitch with nothing going on in the meantime. Which, football... A lot of people make that argument with football, too. They're like, oh, five-second play, then everyone's just standing around waiting for the Which next play. Which is true, in a way. That's true. I mean, that is 100% accurate. So Right? So it's just kind of to each in your own. But no. Hockey, to me, is more like soccer or basketball, where even when there's not like direct scoring or something going on, like the puck the ball whatever is in play the whole time and it's like moving you know yeah. you can't stand up and go pee in the middle of a hockey game without missing like some action going on for sure 100 percent makes sense but anyway we will move on from our miscellaneous sports here and ever so slightly touch on football with our bears segment Bare necessities that is what we're going to go with. Um, the polls came out inconclusive. <laughs> the bear cave and bare necessities actually tied. Um, I flipped my opinion a little bit and kind of liked bare necessities more as a segment name. I think the bear cave would be a cool place for Avery and I to set up shop in. If we ever have a true recording location, I'd love to call that the bear cave. So, breaking news, guys. We are opening up our own restaurant called The Bear Cave, and that's where we'll be recording weekly. Uh, it should come in June of uh, 2025. Max is going to fund the whole thing. He won the lottery. And so, um, hit him up. You know, hit him up because he's got a lot of money now. Um, so are we, we going to live record as – uh, eat, eating side entertainment, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and oh, it's every time we record a podcast, wings are only ten cents. So come on down. To, we'll have a location in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. We'll have a location in Omaha, Nebraska. So uh, come on down. You'll never know which one we're at. But hey, everything Avery said is just false. But <laughs> um, we are going to do a, as we mentioned earlier, we're going to do a special episode that recaps all the bear stuff. We figured that would probably take an hour, if not more than an hour in and of itself. So we're not going to try to lump it in with everything else we have going on. But so that's all we have for bear necessities today. Super short, just kind of revealing the name, but for our black and gold breakdown, our Iowa Hawkeyes segment, we are going to talk a little draft because we had, let's see, four, Hawkeyes drafted in the NFL draft this year and a few more that were undraft, but got signed. So we're going to go through that list in order where they went and how disappointed we are. in most of them, uh, Lucas Menes is the first one to go. He was picked round one, pick number 13. And unfortunately he went to the green Bay Packers with the green Bay Packers selecting Lucas Menes, man. Um, who called it on this uh, podcast right here? Who called it on this podcast? 
I knew it. Uh, Packers, they never go receiver in the first round. They always go defense. And Lucas Van Ness just kind of reminds me of a young, young Clay Matthews. And so it just kind of fit like a glove to me, like that he would go Green Bay. And now he's going to terrorize Justin Fields for the next 10 to 12 years. I know. I, I'm so disappointed. Um, that's why I said how disappointed I am in most of these is because most of them actually went to the NFC North and are going to be playing against the Bears, which is big sad. But in other news with Lucas Finesse getting picked, did you happen to see um, when they went to the live shot of him getting announced or whatever, his dad, uh-huh. his girlfriend? <laughs> what in the world? What, what that- was that? I have no idea. Um, one, dude, you're on national TV. Yeah. That's, that's your girlfriend. Like, what you is gotta know, you got to know where the camera is, too. Like, if the camera was to his back, like, whatever, you know, like, if he turned around and kind of did it, like, I'm not justifying that, but, like, at least you don't see it. So, but literally, he knows there's a camera straight in front of him, and he's just like, bam. Like, the fuck you doing, dude? Also, do you know who his girlfriend's uh, girlfriend is, right? Uh, do I? I don't think so. His girlfriend is the sister of a Chicago Bear, Cole Komet. Oh. Yep. I did his, not know that. Yep. His girlfriend is a uh, sister of Cole Komet. So it's kind of cool to see, you know, now there's going to be another layer in that Packer-Bear rivalry as usual. Yeah. I, I feel like there's always uh, – uh, layers there, but yeah, Lucas Van Ness is going to Green Bay. I think he's going to be great in Green Bay, though. I really do. I think he's got a real got a good shot at being really successful in Green Bay. So, I just hope he doesn't stay there super long. <laughs> yeah, and the sad part is, like, he's from Illinois. Like, he, he's from Illinois. He's from Chicago area. So, but we'll see. Green Bay is close enough to that Chicago. I mean, it's almost no further than him being in Iowa City. You know, like he's he's still just right around home, which is nice for him. Like he didn't have to go anywhere crazy far. His parents can still probably go to all the games. And so he's definitely a Midwest guy. I'm, I am glad he's staying in the Midwest at least. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just excited that, you know, Iowa gets another first-round pick under their belt and keep building because guess what? That's going to help us with recruits later down the line. Yeah, it's like, hey, we had two first-round draft picks this year. Come to Iowa, ball out, and you will get to the NFL. We will help you get to the NFL. Damn that, second, that second first-round draft pick, Jack Campbell to the Lions, Five picks later. So pick number 18. Once again, went to the NFC North. Different team, but a team that's growing crazily, at least on the offensive side, and now is going to be a defensive nightmare for us with Jack Campbell backing up that middle. Yeah. um, Okay. I got a couple of things to say about this. I am super happy for Jack Campbell. I I love that Jack Campbell got drafted here, but... Sometimes I think the Lions, this is why you are a poverty franchise. Because Jack Campbell had a second a second round grade on him. A second round grade and you take him at 18th overall. I love Jack Campbell. I'm happy. I wanted to do the, like a little bit of a flip the script here. So I'm glad that they took Jack Campbell at 18th. Because like you guys reached. 
according to the draft experts, you guys reached. I mean, we know what he is capable of. And we even said it ourselves that that draft grade was not right and that he should have been higher. Well, so did Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. So that's why they took him at 18. But, yeah, I mean, if the experts are right, Detroit, they did reach. And they definitely reached, but like you said, I it's definitely worth it. I mean, Jack Campbell is a beast. He's a big guy. He's um, They were talking the other day at Oregon stuff, just like he's like a Brian Erlacher type guy. Like he's just going to be huge kind of in the middle of the field, like blocking your chances to pass and coming up and killing your running backs. Like he – He's going to be great for him. I'm sure he's going to do a wonderful job. Um, I don't know why I keep thinking of Josie Jewell now <laughs> from Iowa going to the Broncos however many years ago, but just like something about another middle linebacker, just a stud middle linebacker getting drafted. I'm just like, we we produce linebackers a little bit on defense. We're tight end you, and I think defensively we're exactly the opposite kind of linebacker you. <laughs> Which I wouldn't call us linebacker you, but we definitely minor in uh, uh, linebackers. So if uh, tight ends are major, we're definitely minor in in linebackers right now. Either that or corners, because like we do have a really good uh, track record with corners getting drafted lately. Definitely. But, but before we get into that, speaking of tight end you, the third guy from Iowa to go in the NFL draft, Sam Laporta. Where did he go? Also to the Lions. So once again, the NFC North. Fuck me. But he was drafted with in the second round, the third pick of the round. So pick number 34 overall. Um, I was happy to see him go that early. I know it was questionable if he was going to be super high. I, I questioned it at least. I didn't know how up there he would be tight end wise getting drafted so i'm glad he went very early second round it's almost a first round if you take out the fact that the lions also took an iowa guy first round so in that regard you know it could have been a toss-up between either of the two which this is crazy to me right because there's a couple of things with this too one he's the second tight end off the board i went dalton kincaid first sam laporta second like he bypassed michael Mayer which was shocking to me. Michael Mayer didn't go tell the Raiders and pick 37. So, like, that was shocking to me. And the second shocking thing is the Detroit Lions just got rid of TJ Hawkinson last year. And you go out and you draft another Iowa tight end. We even said it when we were coming up with our mock draft. There's no way that the Lions, yeah, they need a tight end, but there's no way the Lions are going to draft Sam Laporta because they had TJ Hawkinson last year and they traded him away to the Vikings. Well, we were wrong, and this is why. And I don't ever remember saying that, but <laughs> I think it does make sense that they take a like they did have T.J. Hawkinson for so long, and he was great for them. He was an awesome receiver for them, so I can totally believe that they would go right back to their source for hey, we need a tight end. We just got rid of our like our dude. To me, it's just an age move. Like, all right, he's getting a little older maybe not producing as much. Let's go back to the breeding ground for tight ends and get a nice young, fresh one. <laughs> Which that sounds really, you know, terrifying when you say <laughs> it that way. But like, you're right. Like, I think that is a uh, smart move that Detroit did. And yeah, TJ was getting a little older and he was coming up on his fifth year and like, 
they didn't want to pay him that massive contract for tight end. And why do that when you can go get Sam Laporta out of the draft? And he is another Iowa tight end. He's been there. He's been through the system at Iowa. This is why Eric all said we are tight end university coming from Michigan to Iowa. And he's excited because guess what? We might see his name in the second, first round next year coming out of Iowa. Definitely. I, I just, I want to, I want to touch on something too, talking about this. The, the lions just did what we've always wanted the bears to do. They went back to back fucking Iowa picks. I know. And and it's not even it's not even like the Bears because like I'll get mentioned I'm in, or it's not even the Lions either because like the Packers even. Like they went and got Lucas Van Ness and then they also got an Iowa State guy and Anthony Johnson Jr. that we'll mention later. But like that's and and a UNI guy. So like I'm just like the Packers and the Lions, they both went Iowa heavy. Why can't Chicago do that? Why can't you see the potential, Chicago? I don't understand. I'm very flabbergasted. But, like, Lucas Van Ness, Jack Campbell, Sam Laporta, they're all going to terrorize Chicago for the next 10 years. I would just like to Chicago to go Iowa one time. Just gra- grab one Iowa guy. You know what it's going to be, though. It's going to be a left tackle in the first round from Iowa. It's going to be like a, because, you know, like we talk, we're tight end you. We're off, we also produce offensive linemen like crazy. So it's yeah. going to be some like O line. Oh, no, we'll get Tori uh, Taylor, our punter next year in like the oh. sixth round. Yeah, we'll get Tori Taylor, Iowa's punter. Like I mean, that, that'd still be cool, but <laughs> I want a player that's going to be on the field a little more often than the punter. <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> Regardless, getting into the next guy that was picked, my favorite for some reason. I don't know why. I just, I'd love him. But <laughs> Riley Moss went to the Broncos in round number three with the 20th pick, 83rd pick overall. Um, I love Riley Moss and I kind of love him going to the Broncos. Um, now that I don't live in Denver anymore, the Broncos do have a little bit of a special place in my heart. Like I, I enjoy them being somewhat successful since I don't have to hear about it every day when I leave the apartment. so <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, I really like that. He was, uh, he was the 14th drafted cornerback. That just shows how many cornerbacks went off the board. But there are a couple of cornerbacks that he went ahead of, Keely Ringo. Like, I was shocked that uh, Riley Moss went ahead of Keely Ringo. Um, we had a first round grade on Keely Ringo. And so like to see Riley Moss go to Denver, um, I saw, I saw this joke and I don't know if I should say it on, uh, okay. So, uh, (laughs) Riley Moss is now officially the fastest, uh, uh, white Bronco. Fastest white Bronco since uh, OJ Simpson. So there we go. Riley Moss, welcome to uh, the NFL. But no. If, if you didn't say it, I was about to. So, um, no, like, mad respect. We like, you know, Riley Moss would have been a first, second round pick last year if he would have declared. We talked about that many times. And to see him go in the third round, Denver knew what they were getting. And just because he didn't get targeted this year, That's the only reason. And we could even talk about, you know, other reasons why he didn't get drafted in for a second. Because this 
right here, if he stays as a corner, he's going to be the first white cornerback to play in the NFL since 2003. And we had we had another corner a couple years ago, but he didn't make it out of preseason. So this is exciting stuff. And that'll be the big key. I don't know if he does stay corner or not. He, our DB's coach, personally thinks that he's going to get moved to safety. But I'm still good with that. I low key, I want to see him go succeed. I want him to be kind of a stud um, with the Broncos. And the biggest thing that I think excites me about him being in Denver is just that. Um, my girlfriend's family knows like of Iowa kind of because of me, you know, like, so anytime Iowa is a little more publicized or whatever out there, I feel a little more proud kind of like, Hey, yeah, I support a good team. Right. So (laughs) them being able to be huge Broncos fans and watch the Broncos and understand that this stud corner or safety, maybe if he moves is from Iowa, like, Hey, that's Max's that's Max's team right there. This dude's great. Like, look at him. Like I, I like the thought of that. So I think that's one of my biggest reasons. I'm super happy that he's in Denver is I'm like, Hey, yeah, that's what Iowa does right there. Look at that. <laughs> For sure, man. And like, yeah, mad respect. I think uh, he's going to be awesome. I think yeah. he's going to be awesome in Denver. That's a great spot for him. Speaking of another another guy going to Denver, undrafted. Those were officially all of the drafted Iowa guys that we have. But we had a few guys that signed with teams that went undrafted. One of them being to the Broncos, another linebacker, Seth Benson. So I don't know if he's going to be as great as Jack Campbell will with the Lions per se, or as Riley Moss will be with the Broncos. But I'm curious to see if he actually goes and sees the field at all or if he produces to, to them for any degree. Yeah, Seth Benson to the Broncos, like I think like this is a huge move because he I would almost consider him just as good as Jack Campbell was last year. Like he was all over the field, he was everywhere, he was fast, he was quick, and he's the definition of tough to for him to not get drafted. And him to fall that late and, like, the Broncos get a steal to sign him. Like, and he gets to go with Riley Moss and go be a Bronco and try to make this team. Because I guarantee, even if he's just a special teams player, Seth Benson will be a stud for the Denver Broncos also. So Good. I'm, I'm definitely happy to hear that. Just another, another Iowa guy in Denver to be like, hey, yeah, that guy right there. Yeah. <laughs> but a couple of our other signed guys, Kayvon Merriweather actually did get signed, uh, not drafted, but signed to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'm, I'm glad he's there. I know his combine, he was ranked a little low, was kind of almost seemed like he struggled through the combine a little bit. So I'm, I'm glad he d- was able to find a home and still kind of move on to that next level. And, you know, this is kind of one of those situations you wonder if, like, combines hurt you they as much as they can help you. Because, like, going in the combine, people were comparing Kayvon Merriweather better than Riley Moss because, like, he just had that better of a season than Riley Moss this year. And, yeah, to see him struggle so much and struggle so mightily in the combine, like, he ended up becoming an undrafted free agent, which probably costed him a guaranteed contract, probably costed him some money. Uh, but now he's going to fight fight it out down with Tristan Wirfs down in Tampa Bay. So, 
Yeah. And I think there is definitely just as much benefit as there is downside to doing the combine sometimes, like you said. And it's not even one of those things where you can just kind of do it, see what your results are and decide whether or not to put them through or submit that like nah if you decide to do it like those results are going yeah they're, they're good or bad they are good and you do not get a redo <laughs> right i mean and do you see a common trend with this though like uh all these players all these players already have iowa guys on their roster so like every team that got like the packers they have iowa guys on the roster tyler goodson's on their roster now lucas vaness you got detroit they have Iowa guys on their roster. Denver, they have Iowa guys on their roster. Tampa Bay, they have Iowa guys on their roster. Yeah. So, like, that, there's just a common trend there that the coaches know what type of work ethic comes out of the University of Iowa. And that, that is true. Like you said, Packers had good uh, Goodman? Goodwin? Goodson. Goodson. Tyler Goodson. Goodson. Yep. They had t- him. Uh, the Lions had TJ uh, Hawkinson. And they might have had others, too, that I just am blanking on. But the Broncos, like we said, had Josie Jewell. They also had a great Iowa tight end, Noah Fant. Yep. Um, so they're familiar with Iowa's work production. Tristan Wirfs for the Buccaneers. Yeah, these are all teams that have had some interaction with Iowa players before. And I think you're right. That does play a huge part into the, hey, we know the kind of guys that come out of this program. It's the same guy leading this program. So nothing there has changed as nothing in Iowa changes ever. But to some degree, that might be a benefit for these guys. Hey, we know exactly what we're getting out of this program. Well, if Kurt Ferentz says this guy is a good guy to have on your team, he's been doing this the past 40 years or something crazy. Like, he's a good guy to have on your team. Um, just to hit on the very last guy that did sign from Iowa, Monty Potabom signed with the Steelers. Do the Steelers have any Iowa players? Or James Daniels. Center, James Daniels, center. And, well, he wasn't drafted by Pittsburgh, but he signed his contract. He was drafted by Chicago. But, yeah, uh, James Daniels is a Pittsburgh Steelers. So, like, yeah, the Steelers even have it. But Monty Potterbaum, I love this. Like, he was our fullback. And every time he got the on the field, like, it was exciting to, you know, see him do what he could do. Um but Monty, I think he'll have a really good career if he can beat out Derek uh, Watt. Um, one of the Watt brothers, uh, Derek, he's the uh, starting fullback for Pittsburgh. Uh, but this is also intriguing, too, because like he's getting older. Derek Watt's getting older. And Pittsburgh is one of those few teams that actually still does use a fullback. And so, it's like, a dying breed. <laughs> it's, a, it, it's a very dying breed. So, like, if he can manage to kind of beat out Derek Watt, and Monty's got a job for a good couple of years, as long as Mike Tomlin's still there. Like, as long as Mike Tomlin's still there, Monty got a job. So, like, this is a good spot for him to go. Definitely. Um, so that's all the Iowa guys that took it out of the draft. There were a few Iowa State guys we will mention briefly, too. I think we've already talked about before. Will McDonald, the fourth. He was picked in the first round, pick number 15 by the New York Jets. So the Jets have uh who they got a couple couple Iowa State. Oh, um they Brees have Hall. a yeah. So <laughs> yeah, the Jets they have Brees Hall, they have Alan Lazard. That's right. They, they have Will McDonald. So, um are they the New York Cyclones or the Iowa State Jets? Like what are they over there because that's what they're kind of building over there. Um 
I'm really excited for this, but I do think they reached. I know we were projecting like late first, and so was a lot of people. But I think they were also like looking to get a tackle to protect Aaron Rodgers. Also, we should probably mention that Aaron Rodgers was officially traded to the New York Jets. Um, I think we already mentioned that. I don't know if we did, but I think it might have happened after we released our last podcast. Um Right before the draft. Um, so, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers was officially traded to the New York Jets. And I think they wanted to get a left tackle or offense alignment, and they were all gone uh, by the time uh, the Jets could pick. So they're like, fuck, what do we do? What do we do? And this was the next highest rated guy they had on their draft board, and so they took him. And sometimes that's what happens. Yeah, I'm just as excited to see an Iowa State guy go as an I maybe not just as excited, but I am also fairly excited to see someone from Iowa State going. Just represents the state as a whole a little bit and what we have football wise. Um, another cool thing with Will McDonald going this early is they broke a I don't know how many years of a drought that Iowa State's had with first round picks. Yeah, since so 1973. Since, that long ago? Damn. Yeah, since 1973, there wasn't a first-round pick. So that's what, 83, 93, 2003? That was 50 years, 50-year drought for Iowa State players. So Will McDonald, hopefully you're not a bust. I mean, he was really good at Iowa State. Like, he terrorized Spencer Petras. Well, anybody can terrorize Spencer I, I think a lot of teams terrorize <laughs> Spencer Petras. <laughs> but <laughs> he has nightmares every night about <laughs> playing quarterback at the University of Iowa. But Will McDonald guest stars in that quite often. But he was really good. Uh, for Iowa State, so I'm excited to see him and see how he does with our hated rival Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that will be an interesting. At least he's back with one of his old teammates in a uh, Brees Hall, so yeah. that'll be some familiar. And uh, Lazard, Lazard. That's I wanted to say Xavier Hutchinson again, but just because he's our next guy that got drafted, but I knew that wasn't right. But Xavier Hutchinson was drafted in round six the 205th pick overall by the Texans. Uh, feel feel a little sorry for him on that one, not going to lie. Hey, you know, we were talking about this last week that Houston, we couldn't even name a Houston receiver. Well, they got, didn't they get a, they got another receiver in the first round. I forgot who they drafted for Bryce Young. I think they got a receiver in the first round. I know, I know they took CJ Stroud and then they took, uh, they took somebody else because they had the second and the third pick. I forget who it was. Okay, so they didn't draft a receiver in the third round. They drafted it, or they didn't draft him in the first round. They drafted him in the third round. Nathaniel Dell. Tank. Okay. So now we can talk about okay, they're starting to build that receiving core for CJ Stroud. I'm really excited about this pick. Like, I think this is a good move. Like, good, good move for a six round pick. Yeah, I, it, and it could potentially be good for Xavier Hutchinson having C.J. Stroud as his quarterback now. A little bit of a spoiler alert. We'll get more into it in our special episode coming later this week. But yeah, I, I that could be because he's going to be, like you said, one of the top receivers on the Texans roster because we can't name any good receivers. That's an argument on whether you want to be there or not because – Sometimes if you can't name a good receiver on the roster and you're a receiver going there, that means you're going to be the guy. 
you're going to get targets. You're going to play. So that could potentially be a really good spot for him, especially with a new stud quarterback coming in. Supposedly stud quarterback. We'll have to see how he does, but for sure. Um, But yeah, Xavier Hutchinson going to Houston. That's going to be big. Um, Also like, we were mentioning uh, we didn't know any Texans receivers. Um, John Mechie the third from Alabama. He was drafted in the first round last year's draft, and he didn't play at all this year because he was battling cancer. And he's officially in remission, and he's back with the Houston Texans. So maybe we'll get to see you know John Mechie from Alabama. Uh, perform well with CJ Stroud after spending a year off. I just wanted to mention that, but yeah, for sure. So it sounds like the Texans definitely, definitely might have a little bit of an offense this year. Stroud and three receivers that they didn't have last year. That's almost a whole offense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're almost there. And then Will Fuller, the old guy of the bunch that we actually knew who he was. Yeah. (laughs) So Anyway, last last Iowa State guy uh, to be drafted, Anthony Johnson Jr. He went to the Packers, uh, round seven, pick 242nd overall. Uh, what position is he? He's a safety. So safety? This, okay. is, this so. is a pretty good move for them, bringing in a safety in the seventh round. Kind of weirded out about it because of our next guy that they brought in as an undrafted free agent. Uh, Benny Sapp III from the University of Northern Iowa, FCS school, shout out, uh, go Panthers, but he's also a safety. So it looks like two Iowa guys are going to be competing for the same position Um, because especially as a seventh-round pick, you're not guaranteed a position. You're not guaranteed a spot on the team. You're not guaranteed 53-man roster. You're not even guaranteed a practice squad guy. So – like, you know, Anthony Johnson Jr. is going to be fighting, like, with some grittier guys that did go undrafted from smaller schools, like Benny Sapp III. So there's a lot of potential there where we might not, you know, see him even as a Packer. Yeah, and um, I'm, I'm just happy he got a shot. It's it's always a little bit fun to see some of those lower-level guys, like FCS specifically, getting drafted. Or even below that, I know there's always there are times that it happens that D three guys can go. I know anytime we have someone on our team talking about going to the NFL, I roll my eyes a little bit and tell them they should <laughs> check their expectations. But <laughs> it, it, there is always a possibility that it could happen. It did happen once last year, like we looked up earlier, but <laughs> it's it's a long shot. But shout out to him. I think the biggest difference is there are some FCS guys that they go in and they are just studs. Like I think the, was it North Dakota State's lineman that got drafted? He got drafted, like drafted, drafted. Second round. Yeah. Yeah. And that happens quite often. FCS, like they do go quite often, like in the draft. And so, but it's rare when you see the D2, D3 guys. It's like, oh, wow. Uh, Even a couple of years back, I remember a guy from Germany uh, got drafted. He was playing professional uh, football over in Germany and he got drafted in the NFL. That was really cool. He didn't make, he didn't work out, but it's kind of cool to see that type of player get drafted especially with the transfer portal the way it is right now by your junior year you should probably have a decent idea 
if you're going to be like NFL caliber or not. And if you are going to be NFL caliber your junior year, you probably got some options to transfer at least FCS if you're not already playing in a division one level. So, and I agree. Like you're not going to say you go out, you ball out for a D three school your freshman year. You're going to have D two schools or even D FCS schools looking at you because you played at a high, like a high level. So like, you're not going to just say, Oh, I'm going to play for so-and-so college D three for four years when you are the star of the team and star of the conference, you're not going to stay there. So I, I agree. And that's, that's some of the downside that we do see with the transfer portal, even just within division one, it, probably happens too often that like a gen five guy gets brought up into a power five somewhere after balling out. And it, I think it's just going to hurt a lot of teams being able to transfer. And we've lost a few guys in the transfer portal, just that didn't really play much. You know, they were freshmen just came in. Like there's older guys starting above you. That's how football works, but they want to transfer out because they think they can go get on the field somewhere and good, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> But moving on, we will get out of our NFL talk slash college talk, whatever you want to call it. That was our black and gold breakdown, technically, so it was college talk. But um, we will move on into our NBA segment, Beyond the Arc. Uh, The first round in the playoffs is officially done, assuming the Kings-Warrior game is finished by now. I stopped watching. It was pissing me off. Uh, Yeah, it's done. Okay. Uh, Anyway. We'll go through all of the who won which rounds and all of that. So first, unfortunately for Avery, the number one Bucks versus the number eight Heat. Uh, the Heat took the series four to one. Um, even when Giannis came back, they they dropped. It. Did Giannis come back for their one game or two, was he back for two games? Both before? games. Both games. Both games. And you lost both games, right? Uh, no, we won one. No, no, okay. no, we did. No. I can't remember the order of like the games. We, we won one. Yeah, we won one. So With Giannis the second time back. Yeah. That's right. Because you ended, you, that's right. You lost the very first game to the Heat. That's when Giannis went out. And then, okay, yeah. So Giannis did help for one game, but unfortunately it was already a little too late to uh, rebound off of that. That's a huge upset. Um, the heat taking down the bucks. And like we were saying earlier, that gets huge into just the whole regular season kind of taking away from the playoff enjoyment a little, like an upset like this should not happen in my opinion, especially with a seven game series. That's the whole thing of a seven game series is that this should not be a thing that like happens. (laughs) And this kind of goes back to our same point that we mentioned earlier in the pod that um, players that take off and don't play as well in the regular season, they really fuck up the playoffs. And LeBron James is one, but Jimmy Butler's another. Because Jimmy Butler is a top five players when he wants to be a top five player. But he takes off the regular season. All the time. He takes off the regular season all the time, and then he comes to the playoffs, and he's Jimmy Buckets. And this is exactly why I didn't want to fucking play the Heat because I was so pissed off because I knew exactly what was going to happen. 
the Heat are frisky. The Heat are scary. And the one thing good that this is, is it's good for the play-in games. Because it a play-in team finally is moving on to the next round. Usually they get beat right away. So it's good for play-in games and play-in teams that, you know, like the Bulls and like those teams that are right on the bubble. It's like, okay, you know, we got a shot there. But as a Bucks fan, man, it really fucking sucks. Like And a part of this a part of this upset isn't even necessarily just the whole Jimmy Butler, LeBron James factor. A big chunk is Giannis getting hurt. Uh Giannis doesn't get hurt, doesn't sit out for what, two or three games in this series. This might turn around and come back the other way. At at the very least it would be Four two four three in the series, not a four one type of occurrence. So I know this definitely busted my bracket up. I I had the Bucks winning it all and at least making it to the championship. Still, I think in my other one, but yeah, we just uh, we couldn't put a full game together. Like that was the hard part. Like we were not consistent for a full game. We'd be consistent for two quarters and then we fall apart in the end of the game or we'd fall apart. I know one game we went down 25 to two. How do you go down 25 to two and expect to win the game? We clawed our way back and we, I think we lost 113 to one one Oh nine, but like, how do you expect to come back? And also at the end of the game on game six, I do not know how you let Jimmy Butler score with 0.5 seconds left. 0.5 seconds left. They lobbed the ball. Jimmy Butler put up a layup. He got it. I don't know how you do that. And when we go into the uh, overtime thinking we got, you know, some momentum going, no, we had nothing. And Grayson Allen fucked us up at the end of the game. I just, you know, I – the Bucks. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know how a number one team that won the most games in the NBA this year loses to an eight seed in the first round of the playoffs. It's mind-boggling. I don't understand. And maybe this will cause a little bit of a reform of how the regular season works with the whole just there's too many games, too many players that don't play their bet, like skate by until it's time to play. I kind of doubt it, but who knows? Maybe maybe they'll take an extra eye on it considering some of the things that have happened. But getting into some of the other games, one of the series – uh, I'll end on the Kings so we can talk about that as it just happened. Um, the Celtics versus the Hawks. Celtics won the series 4-2. to two. Uh, 76ers already locked down their series against the Net, 4-0. They swept them. Uh, the Cavaliers versus the Knicks. The Knicks actually won that one 4-1. Uh, the Nuggets and the Timberwolves. Nuggets came out on top 4-1. to one. Grizzlies and the Lakers. Here's the other one. Lakers upset the Grizzby, Grizzlies 4-2. to two. Like you said, once again, it's that LeBron James factor. Literally. LeBron James just decides, okay, now it's playoffs. I'll actually play hard this whole time and not be a bitch and sit down when I don't feel like it. Yeah. Um, I want to mention, though, like this Lakers team is more fun. I've seen – I don't like LeBron teams – and I, but I do like this LeBron team. I don't like LeBron, but like the way I like this team is because they have so much depth. 
Every single game of that Grizzlies series, there was a different leading scorer, which is insane to me. I know LeBron led once, but Austin Reeves led once, and so on and so forth. So, like, I think there is so much potential with that Lakers team. I do think they'll lose this next round. But, like, I just – it's kind of cool to see, like – a team working in unison, especially a LeBron-led team working in unison because it doesn't happen with LeBron very often. No. So it's kind of cool to see. And and maybe that's an age thing coming up with him that he's starting to be a little bit more of a team-ish kind of guy, whether that's his choice or not necessarily. I think he just needs to rely on his team a little bit more these days, more than likely. But um the Suns and the Clippers, the Suns won it 4-1. to And the most interesting matchup, in my opinion, the Kings versus the Warriors. Um, I say most interesting not out of any bias, but because it is the only matchup that actually went to a Game 7, uh, which was just played uh, about an hour ago or so. It was uh, really pissing me off, not going to lie. But... They were tied 3-3 in the series after a really, really close loss. Well, game four was a... Five. Game five was a really, really close loss um, by the Kings. It upset me. It was one of those deals where it was like, like you said, how do you let Jimmy Butler score 0.5 seconds left? How does Aaron Fox not score with like, what, two and a half seconds left? Like, we're inbounding the ball, Aaron Fox gets it, and just nothing. I don't even think he got a shot up. I can't fully remember, but I don't even think he actually got a shot up. How do you not – I was like, oh, this is a shoe-in. We're down one point. He's getting the ball. Like, when he got the ball, I was like, yes, we got it to Aaron Fox. That's all we needed to happen. He's either going to draw a foul or he's going to get to the basket. And he barely tried to get to the basket, in my opinion. He froze when a defensive player stepped up in his face, tried to go around, and by that point, he had run out of time. Um, Super upset. You hate to see the close ones lose. Those are more upsetting, I think, sometimes than being, like, blown out or losing by a bunch is when you come down to situations like that where it's like you lost by a point and you touched the ball last. Like, how do you not? in playoffs, win that game. Um, And that would have changed the whole tide because that would have put us up, I think, four. Yeah, that would have put us up four to two. Instead, we tied it up three to three. It would have tied you up. No, because we tied us up on our win in game six. We won game six and tied it up. It was two to two. You would have been three to two. So we would, yes, okay, there we go. We would have been 3-2, only needing to pull out one more game. Um, thankfully, we did pull out game six, and we did win that one. Uh, I had lost hope after game five, but winning game six brought me back a little bit. I was like, all right, it's tied up. We have a chance. We just got to pull off one more game. Uh, we had the home court advantage, too, being the higher seed. So I was like, okay. Home court advantage, like, just one more game. Come on, like, don't fuck this up. Sure enough, though, that game just happened, and they 100% fucked it up. Um, We were doing really, really good up until the second half. The first half was super, super close. I think we were down by one point at halftime, something like that. But the the fouls were insane. We 
had huge foul trouble. I think, I don't know who all fouled out because I stopped watching the fourth quarter because we came here to record. But um, De'Aaron Fox had like four. Somebody else had three, I think. There were a bunch of guys that had like three fouls. Just there were so that we were going to get in foul trouble and I knew it. Um, no one could hit a free throw. I have never seen so many professional players fail to do what is supposed to be the easiest part of their job, i.e. shooting a free throw uh, on both sides, not even just the Kings. Like uh, Steph Curry missed two free throws in a row, like in this game. I don't know what the hell was going on. No one was hitting any free throws whatsoever. Um, And the biggest thing that pissed me off is we did have the lead for a good chunk and we actually got ourselves down by 10 points after two or three possessions where the Warriors had five offensive rebounds and we just couldn't grab the damn ball. It That's what really, really gets under my skin is when you have those really fast possessions where everything's just like sprinting around. And one, you take a couple bad shots that you probably shouldn't take just because things are flying. Don't do that. Calm it down. Make them play to your level. And two, they were just hucking up shot after shot after shot and getting all the rebounds. It's like, guys, box out, grab one of those. Like, I don't understand how you let so many balls go to the team that just shot. But they, the Kings did lose uh, pretty sadly by the end of things. I think it was 120 to 100 I just saw. So they're also out. And once again, this is one of those... It's not as egregious, but it is a six seed that just beat a three seed that, in my opinion, probably shouldn't happen in a seven-game series. Well, and that's another team. The Warriors is another team that they take nights off in the regular season. Um, So there might need to be a reform in the NBA to start flipping the script on this because this isn't fair, guys. Like, this really isn't fair. Um a lower seeded team shouldn't be better than a regular team. Like I get, you know, like you want, you want underdog, blah, blah, blah. I get that. But this isn't how it's done. And maybe we're just, maybe this is loser talk because welcome to the club, man. We're both losers now. Um, I've coped with it because mine happened four nights ago, (laughs) but I know you're still coping with it right now. It sucks. Especially like, the NBA, because, like, we don't – we're not naturally NBA fans. We're not. We have to really, like, get into the NBA and watch it and, like, fall in love with it to, like, actually feel that emotion. I think both of us kind of did that this year with both our teams. Um, and it just hurts just as much, especially because, like, you think about it, Bears fans, we're accustomed to losing right now. We've been accustomed to losing. Hawkeye fans, we're accustomed to being average. We're, we're we're used to that. But the Bucks and the Kings, both in the playoffs, both have a shot. Both we both see like that eyesight of oh maybe that championship game. And our like hindsight, like it's hard to think. Okay, it's all over. Like maybe I do like being a fan of a shitty team. And then you don't have to go through this shitty point. <laughs> but. Well, and I don't know what it is, but when I'm watching football, I feel like I 
this might be a lie. I still probably get pretty upset, but I feel like it's different when you're watching kind of the play by play happening and you're just like, not, you have times in between where you can almost recollect and get to the next thing. Whereas there are times in basketball when, like I said, things are just shits hitting the fan. They're grabbing a bunch of rebounds. You're putting up shots. You don't need to. And it's all just falling apart. in like the span of 30 seconds, I get, absolutely livid like i i don't think i get that just like outstandingly like pissed during football which i definitely have before i'm not saying i don't i'm thinking about it i'm like yeah it's happened but just the past couple of days or the past couple games with the kings like i'm yelling at the tv like i have been pissed off by the way some things are going and i just i feel like football is just different framed in my head. Like maybe it is just that kind of natural losing factor of like, yeah, watching the bears, they usually fuck some shit up. So you just kind of expect it. Whereas when you see the Kings do it or the bucks do it, you're like, guys, what the fuck are we doing? Like, this isn't, this isn't you. This isn't what you do. Do your jobs. But it's just like that sometimes. But um, anyway, I don't have all of the next matchups listed. The Heat have already played the Knicks, though, in round two, game one. Uh, the Heat are up one game on the Knicks, and the Nuggets are up one game on the Suns. So um, those are the only couple of round two matchups I have at the moment. Um, the other ones I could probably figure out if I wanted to. What, Celtics, 76ers, and... Uh, Lakers and Warriors, right? Yeah. Is that what it's going to be? That'll be a good game. I'll be excited to watch that Laker-Warrior game. Um, you know, it's going to suck because I guarantee the Heat are going to beat the Knicks. Um, I, I got that weird feeling that the Heat are going to keep going. They're going to move on because guess who's playing basketball right now? Jimmy fucking Butler. Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing to you, though? Because a part of me in my head... Like, the Kings just lost to the Warriors, right? And the Warriors are last year's champions, right? Yeah. So a part of me in my head is like, okay, if the Warriors win it all again this year, I think it lessens the sting of losing to them round one. Like, it's a round one loss to the champions. So, like... It does loosen the sting. It's just still, like, when they are getting that far, it's like, god damn it, you know? That's the feeling I get. Like... The Eagles back in 2018 when the Bears and Cody Parkey and the double doink, they went out and they beat Minnesota the next week. I hated that. Like, for once, I was cheering for Minnesota. It, but I, you have you have to question that a little bit, too, because this is the thing I've never made sense of, is, like, if if the Kings did beat the Warriors but the Warriors immediately lost to the Lakers in the next round, wouldn't that just be like all the evidence that like the Kings would have lost in that second round anyway. Like at least if the Warriors go all the way to the championship, it can be like, okay, well the Kings practically were runners up to some degree in the champion or like you could argue that they could have been runners up in the championship. Would they have not come across the champions like in the first round? Like I I just think it makes a better case for your team. Like if the Bucks lost to the Heat and now the Heat loses to the Knicks right away, wouldn't that just be saying, hey, the Bucks more than likely 
should have lost to the Knicks too. Technically, yeah, but at the same time, I think it's just like a uh, every team matches up different with different teams. Like, and so like you got to think of it at that perspective. Like, you can't think of it. Oh, just because this team won, they're better than that team. If they faced each other, it's like all hypothetical at that point. But I do think I get where you're coming from. But yeah, no, I still think I'd rather see the Bucks or the Heat lose this week and see the Knicks move up. Um, but that's just me being sorry and a petty fan. Uh, so yeah, and I don't like the Heat. Fuck the Heat. A rivalry was born. Let's just say that. I yeah I can definitely say I'm probably never gonna watch the Warrior. Anytime I see Steph Curry does a bunch of commercials and shit yeah. too. And that's the worst part. Every time I see one of those Steph Curry commercials, now I'm like, God, fuck that guy, right? <laughs> and like, and that's why like you start hating players for no damn reason. Like I know I hated uh, I hate Patrick Mahomes for no reason. Well, no, there is a reason, and it's such a petty reason because. We drafted Mitch Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes. Mitch isn't even a bear anymore. Like, why do I still hate Patty Mahomes? But I, you know, in my head, it's still like, we could have had you. I hate you. I mean, with <laughs> that regard, it's not Mahomes' fault. Like, you, no. should be, you should be hating the old Bears organization. Like, I that's who the hate should be for. Not, not Mahomes in that instance. And Mitch Trubisky because he couldn't be Pat Mahomes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> But I will say, um, I haven't mentioned this yet, but the one the one good thing I did see out of games, I think I think it started game four. Games four through six or four through seven is Keegan Murray actually started playing. Keegan Murray actually did Keegan Murray things. I think it was game four or five, whichever one he got finally hot in. He scored over 20 points. Um, he was actually played a majority of the minutes. He wasn't out there for like an insignificant amount of time. So Keegan Murray did finally kind of find that comfort and that stride and actually began to show up and play a little bit. So I was excited to see that. I was happy to see that it was actually working out in the postseason. Uh, he just needed those first three games to kind of, kind of calm his nerves. I guess he, he was doing a little rough the first few, but by game four, he had himself down. He was, he was back to doing his thing, balling out. Yeah, and I wish I could have seen him continue in the playoffs. I really do. Because, like, especially him hitting his stride right then and there, like, it's exciting to see. Yeah. And it'll suck for, you know, next year, make the playoffs again. Like, hopefully he's not too too in his head about what happened this year. Like, oh, I, I wasn't enough to pull it out in the end or, so, you know, like, ah, oh, we went out in the first round. Hopefully he doesn't doesn't have too much pressure on himself due to this first round loss uh, next year should they make it again. But I think that's all we got for you guys today. Uh, Avery, you got anything else to say? No, I think that's it, guys. I just wanted to say a couple of things other than uh, fuck the heat. <laughs> Uh, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, all I gotta say is, bear down!